Welcome to Kenny and the Coaches. If you are new to the podcast, where have you been? I've been doing this thing for a year and a half and should have at least stumbled onto one of these by now. But for those that don't know what we do here, I talk with coaches and people associated with high school sports in the great state of Oklahoma. On this 22nd episode of Season 2, I talk with Garber Boys basketball coach Fletcher Reed. So sit back and listen. I mean, you coaches and players don't have anything to do for a few days since the OSSAA dead period started today. Here's my conversation with Coach Fletcher Reed. Coach, thanks for taking time to visit with me a little bit. I know we were just talking before we came on. We're both kind of by the really by the time this comes on, we'll be way out of school. But you know, we kind of got out before most other schools did. Yeah, yes, sir. Definitely not complaining about that. Enjoying <laughs> the summer. <laughs> How soon will it be before you guys get started up with uh, summer ball? We will give the kids. Well, most of. Our kids, are, they're in spring football right now, so they actually have just left to go to their first spring football camp. They left today to go to Caddo to a football camp, um, but we won't start our summer pride workouts until after Memorial Day. So that Tuesday we come back after Memorial Day, so right at the start of June is when summer summer basketball stuff will officially kick off for us. Now, do you guys – are you pretty big on getting them in the weight room over the summer too? Because I know – you know. It, I think any more. I mean, you're you're a younger coach, so I mean, I'm uh, a lot of older guys. It's like I was just getting the gym and start shooting weights in basketball. Really, wasn't that big of a thing, you know, back ten, twenty years ago. But are you more kind of are you bigger on kind of getting them stronger? Yeah, yeah, that's something. That's one thing that we definitely emphasize. Our summer program um, is really good. All the boys, regardless of what sport they play, football, basketball, whatever they play, they're expected to be at summer pride workouts that start up in the mornings and lift uh, lift and we'll have them go through really it's kind of a three-phase deal they'll have like a lifting station we'll have some agility footwork station and then we'll have a flexibility station so we kind of split the kids up um, between all the coaches here and kind of rotate them through and get them a really good workout in working on flexibility quickness strength Mm -hmm. and get them in and out about an hour Um, and then that's when the kids will come over after then and get shots up, which I think is perfect because you're not really, I mean, if you're getting shots up immediately after that mm-hmm. muscle memory is still going to be in tune. And oh, it's yeah. something we, we definitely do emphasize even in season. We, we try to lift at least two times a week mm-hmm. um, in, in season. Now it won't be super heavy, more maintaining. I'm not trying to get them sore, but mm-hmm. we're, we do emphasize the, the benefits from from weight training and strength training, for sure. Oh yeah, in season, you know, I, I you know, we, we kind of emphasize, or kind of, we do emphasize, like you know, summer lifting and stuff like that, especially with our basketball guys. But we've always kind of found it difficult to work in those in season workouts. Do you guys? Because I've had this discussion with other coaches, other basketball coaches as well. Do you guys have like a, in school like lifting periods? aside from your like normal athletic time we do not um we there's kind of talks that that may come but it looks like it's not coming before next year Mm -hmm. so so we just have to make sure when we're doing our weekly practice plans finding those two days and really that'll be kind of one of those days where we'll lift and then we'll get some shots up and Mm -hmm. then we'll it's more of a mental day after that we'll watch film and break things down 
yeah. from there. So yeah, I just know it, it's tough at you know small schools like like Garber and like at Empire to kind of find enough elective time to find a place to put those guys in, in weight lift. I know it's easier for bigger schools, you know, but yeah. it's always always like to kind of see what other schools do in that in-season thing because it, it, it can be tough, you know, unless you just are dedicated to doing it because it's easy to go, yeah, we need to work on this today. We, we, we sucked at blocking out, so we need to really work <laughs> on blocking out instead of, instead of lifting weights today, you know. Yeah, no, I'm with you, especially when it gets to that grind of January and February where you have four or five games in a week sometimes. <laughs> it's it's difficult to find the right time to do it, but we try to still, even if it's just the body weight and we use it as conditioning, I mean, that's mm-hmm. we try to still kind of focus in on it throughout the year. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about your journey to Garber. How did you end up there? Uh, well, I was at kind of – run down really quickly i guess is call i went to college at southwestern mm-hmm. um and i cut i got in with their one of really great mentor of mine I, one of my really good friends i worked for wayne anderson who did 3t training there in weatherford um and i worked for him for five years I mean, that's kind of where i got introduced to the coaching and mm-hmm. all those type of things and learned a ton from him got lucky enough to be the graduate assistant at southwestern for the men's team under terry evans his first year there, I was, um, I got to be his graduate assistant, which was an awesome experience for me and learned a ton. Uh, and then also coach music who's now at ORU, the girls coach there. She actually, we actually, uh, well, I got asked to do like women's scout team for their girls team when they went on that run and mm-hmm. got to the national championship. So honestly, that was a lot of fun to learn from her and then, uh, got a call from Mr. Granger at Snyder after my first year as a GA mm-hmm. and accepted the job at Snyder, enjoyed my time there. Uh, we had really good two years, a lot of fun. I loved the community there, the way they supported not just the boys and the team, but like just as a whole. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. a really good community, really good school to work for. Uh, and after that second year, we made the state semifinals, got beaten overtime. And Mr. Jones, Coach Jones, who was the coach here at Garber, was kind of stepping back from the coaching role of it and just was going to focus on being the superintendent and had a conversation with him, met with him, and it just felt right. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sure you kind of know when you leave an interview sometimes, I mean, you leave and you kind of know, hey, I want that job or not. And mm-hmm. it was one of those I was super excited about uh, and was lucky enough that I got the job here and it's been an amazing two years here how how supportive is the fan base at garber oh my gosh it's unbelievable um and it's not just in sports i mean that you can see that any friday night or tuesday night at a basketball game we always kind of the running joke which it's honestly not a joke most of the time is when we go to away games it could be hour and a half away and we'll have more fans sometimes than the home team mm-hmm. uh which is just awesome to have that support but it's i mean even with the ag program here that's really successful the community goes and supports and there's always people at the the stop shows and yeah. football again i mean it's just a tremendous community to be a part of yeah now you know i kind of read an article over you know kind of coach jones kind of seeing you coach in the state tournament and yeah, I kind of read up on that situation. Was that 
going into it, I know you said you were excited about it, but I would just imagine if that were me and I'm going into that situation, was there any kind of stress with that being like, oh, the, the guy that was the coach is still there kind of watching me? Yeah, you know, I get that question quite a bit. Um, And really, it just that never, never crossed my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it's just because of our conversation went so well um, from the get go that I knew he was going to be supportive and have my back. But really, I thought it was great for me because he's experienced. He's had a very successful coaching career. And Mm -hmm. if I ever had any questions, I could just walk down the hallway and there's a great resource for me. Mm-hmm. So, in- yeah. so instead of looking at it like he's looking over my shoulder, I was like, this is awesome because I can use him to help me out if I ever have questions or anything like that, which he was he was really, really good about. Yeah, and, you know, and I, there's a, a coach kind of in this area that had stepped down from being football coach, and he moved into the AD role, and he hired another person. That Sometimes, you know, when you know that it's time to – uh, stop coaching if because the this gentleman his name's Kenny Ridley he's a real good guy he had said that uh, he just wanted he felt like the kids needed a, a fresh voice a new voice that takes a big person to be able to do that most of the time those type of people are the type that are not going to be you know the first time you lose a game they're not going to be talking to the community behind your back they're going to be the ones that are sticking up for you, being like, hey, you know, hey, it's just one game. I know what this guy can do, you know, and I, that stuff is big, especially when you figure out that that is the type of person that you're going to be working under, you know, or taking yeah. over for that's still there. I think that's a that's a huge thing, uh, at, you yeah. know, and even like, you know, just for your, I guess, uh, mental stability, I guess is the best way to put that, you know. Like you said, I mean, it sounds like you're, uh, you kind of had that mentality going in that, you know, that guy's going to be there for me and I don't have to worry about that. And that's, that, that is huge. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I mean, just having, I mean, now he was, was the superintendent here my first year, he's in charge and he's been through the grind of a season. So he understands mm-hmm. a lot of what's going on throughout a basketball season. There's no, you don't have to explain most things to him because he gets it more than anybody. I'm kind of going off track here a little bit, but you were oh, talking about, well, you were talking about being in the state tournament, and that kind of reminded me how. And you said you lost in overtime. How intense and how just the I don't I don't know if a lot of people realize that how much is like one little mistake mean in state tournament games because it seems like oh. I mean unless you know you get like a juggernaut like a Dale or something that's just going to kill everybody. I mean, but most of the time the teams are so evenly matched. And I don't think people really understand that. No, no doubt about it, and and that's kind of what – it's fun, and you. I want to be a part of it every year if I could. Obviously, that's the goal, mm-hmm. but it is definitely a grind. Uh, you get to the state tournament, and a lot of people say there's – luck has a lot to do with it sometimes because the way the ball bounces could be the difference between a win or a loss, but that's that's where you're in a hotel room and you're – staying up till three thirty, four a.m. trying to scout as many games as possible before the next day just to find that um, one little thing that could be the difference. And that's really what it boils down to is when you get to that point, like you're saying, every team is so evenly matched. Every team has good coaches, good players, good – they have an identity. Um, and so you have to be locked in or you're going to get sent home. Man, you know, and I've, you're, we're probably both a little biased on this because we both coach basketball, but do, yeah. you, do you think that basketball is probably the toughest sport to win a state championship in? 
just because you have to go through so many games. I mean, I, I, football's got its physical, you know, it's it's a physical game that you need a week of rest for. But it's just those, you know, in a regional week, if you lose, you know, you've got a grind to get back to the next week, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, I agree with you. Just like you're saying, it's just so tough, and that's why – the goal is always to try to stay in that winter side as long as possible. Um, but even on that winter side, it can get really, really hard. And you're praying every night that you aren't in foul trouble or you don't roll an ankle or, you know, like all those crazy things that <laughs> yeah. it happens, it, it can knock you out. And you may have a really talented team, but it's just the way it goes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Now, how close do you think you guys are to getting back to the state tournament? I think I think we're close. I, next year, I think we got a we'll have a really good team again. Um, we got beat this year in the game to go to area, so that regional consolation game. Mm-hmm. On which I don't know if you saw the video. We got kid hit like a three quarter court what, shot at the buzzer to was beat that us. Your, I was thinking that was your game. I, well, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I thought yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's what knocked us out um, this year. But uh, I we graduate. We, we had one senior. The rest of my team is sophomores. I didn't have one junior this year on the team. So we kind of bring back a ton of experience, um, and they'll be a year older, a year stronger. And they honestly, it's like this group here, which it's been like this, maybe just that's the type of community Garber is. They just love being in the gym. So yeah. I, mm-hmm. there's just kids that – one, Brett Howery, I, he's been logging his shots since he, he lost. He's, he'll be a junior next year since we got beat out, and he's already shot 25,000 shots since the end of season. And wow. uh, uh, So it's just having kids like that are always fun to fun to coach, but also it makes my job a lot easier because <laughs> I know they're, they're working on things outside of when I'm there or not. Man, yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Man, I – I'm sure I'm bringing up old bad memories here, but oh, you're good. Uh, Go ahead, <laughs> dude. That's I've always kind of thought, but it, it, losing if you're on the losing side, it, it sucks either way, whether it's by one yeah. point or if you get blown out. I don't know, man. I've seen some of those games that end like that, and I don't know. As a coach, I know you have to try to keep your head up and stay positive, but that has got to be so deflating because I mean, you got the game one, and then bang. Just I mean, it's just yeah. like that. Oh, and, it, and honestly, I, you just feel for the kids. You feel yeah. for the seniors because it's just we. You practice situations and stuff all year long. I mean, you with this much time left, this is what our go-to is, and the, nobody really sees the possession before. But we mm-hmm. we get a rebound, we push in transition. Uh, Colton Steiner, one of my, what our leading scorer this past season, hits a three to go up and give us the lead with that one point eight seconds left. It's like they did a lot of things right in the last three minutes of the game where you felt like we deserved to win. Like oh, the kids just played really hard. And that was the hard part to kind of portray to them is the season's over and I, they're hurt and yeah. the coaches are hurt. And it was kind of – it was an emotional locker room where we were just kind of – we were honestly in shock. Yeah. And it took, I bet, 10, 15 minutes just – to even say anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just to, I mean, there was silence for a good two minutes just to kind of reco- – we had to recollect our thoughts and pick our jaws up off the floor. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys didn't do anything wrong. That's the thing, yeah. too. You know, if it would have been like a boneheaded play or something like that. I mean, you guys did what you, did what you were supposed to do. Yeah, you know? and we went in – I mean, we went into the timeout and 
honestly, the we came out of timeout, saw what they were in, called timeout so we could say, hey, this is how we're going to defend it. Mm-hmm. And I and I made the mistake of I said out loud in the huddle, I said, if they hit a three-quarter contested shot to beat us, they, then that's how they got to beat us. Yeah. And sure enough, that's, that's make, what happened. Make that a make that a note next year. Do not yeah, say anything. Do not say that. But in my head, it was like I wanted to get it across that we are not letting them get a three point shot. You know, like we're not yeah. letting them throw it the length of the floor. They're going to have to hit something from deep. And credit to that kid, he hit it. And credit Coach Scott for getting getting him a screen to get him open. And yeah, he made the play. So got to give him credit. Now, as far as goals for your for your teams for your program I mean I know you said like it doesn't seem like you need to set very many of them because it sounds like kids kind of have their own goals but I mean are you kind of big on setting like at the beginning of the season setting goals for your teams and like uh having yeah. players set their own goals yeah so we uh we actually do um we have season goals right before season where we sit down as a team and just go over hey first and foremost Let's go over our regular season goal. Let's go over our before Christmas goal. So we kind of break down the season Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of teams, they're going to say, what's your goal? Well, to win the gold ball. Mm -hmm. But we, I mean, and obviously that's, that's the main goal. That'd be awesome. But we try to break it down um, till Christmas break and then after break um, and do it that way. And then we also take track of game goals that we have a goal board in our locker locker room. The first thing you see when you walk in and it has every game of the, of the whole season. And then it has like our four offensive points of emphasis, our four defensive points of emphasis. Mm-hmm. And we check Mark, who did we get it in this game? Mm-hmm. And that helped a ton just mm-hmm. by the end of the year. Cause it's like, guys, when we get out rebounded, we've lost every game. So we got to make sure we're focusing in on that. And it's black and white instead of, as a coach, you're saying rebound, rebound. Re- you know what I mean? Yeah, now yeah. you can actually mm-hmm. add numbers to it, and they can see it every day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we got better as the year went on in that aspect, just using that statistic as an example. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good way to do that, going game by game with your goals. Yeah, that's – because most of the time, you know, like even after a game, you know, you kind of look at your stats and you're telling them what they do. Most of the time the kids are just – they're either excited that they won or kind of like, you know, don't want to hear it because they just lost, you know. Yeah, so, yeah no, that, no doubt. That's a good way to do that per, you know, per game. Yeah, and that's, a, and that's just something we do the day after, after we break down a little film. I try uh, – I have two really good assistants, Chancey Hodges and David Nagel, um, who graduated last year, but he's helping out. Mm-hmm. And we they do a good job of we'll clip – 10 clips from the game the night before so the kids aren't expected like they are expected to watch film but I mean sometimes I feel like kids nowadays they turn it on and don't really look, yeah. mm-hmm. take it in and so we try to clip these 10 things or 8 to 10 things that we need to focus on and it's not always the negative stuff I mean we try to do a really good job of great driving kick here you engage two guys so you made the right basketball play or great one more pass or any time a kid takes a charge, we celebrate that then and we celebrate it the next day during film just to kind of – I mean, when you start celebrating those things, hopefully those things happen more. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, there's one thing I've kind of talked with other coaches about, about that old saying of a team hitting their stride at the right point in the year. 
Do you do you believe in that saying, or do you think it's a thing where you just need to constantly get better? Because I've kind of thought about that. I mean, if you kind of make it your goal, we want to be playing our best basketball of the year by X date. If you're not, I mean, because, you know, kids, they're 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. They're going to be up and down with their games. I mean, but do you believe kind of in that saying of hitting your stride, or do you think it's kind of just an ongoing process? I, I, I'm going to answer it a little differently because I'm going to kind of take both sides of it. I believe, yes, you should try to hit your stride by the end of the year mm-hmm. and play your best basketball, but it's a process from day one because mm-hmm. if you are emphasizing how you want your teams to play, their effort level, their decision-making – Throughout the year, that process, you're going to get better. You're going to be playing your best brand of basketball by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think that having districts will filter its way down to the smaller classes? Uh, I do. And that's kind of I, – I, with that coming about, and there's talks of that, and then also the talks of with football doing the splitting the class into three subdivisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of – been a topic as well i don't see it happening anytime soon Mm -hmm. um but if they started there i could see it yeah definitely transferring down to smaller classes and if that goes to the bigger debate of shot clock and all those things i I would assume at some point it's going to come and it probably is going to start at the 6a 5a levels and trickle down once that process begins do you like that idea of having districts in basketball I see both sides of it. I It would be nice to kind of know your route, who you're matched up with. Mm-hmm. But I always see it in football, especially. It's it's always that one district that the Laverns are in, yeah. and you yeah. have to see them round two regardless of how you, good you did that year. Mm-hmm. And so that would be my argument against it just because, yes, you have to beat every good team to get to the state tournament. But you want the best eight teams there. It shouldn't be a disadvantage because we you're matched up with a very, very tough district, and it makes your route harder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, we were – this past year we moved up to 11-man in football, but uh, this past – or the previous – my previous three years we were in eight-man, and that was always our second-round matchup. We, yeah. we win our district, and when we – I think the first year – Gosh, uh, who did we play? I know the the second year we were actually pretty good. I thought <laughs> we played Balco, and they just ran us off. I mean, that's they play different brand of football up there. They almost need their oh. own championship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, that'd be the only argument against it. Now we could talk for hours about the ranking system and yeah. what's wrong with it and all that. I, we don't really need to get into that. But I think it's a good system if coaches do their homework and. That's the thing. Yeah. Do it honestly and not yeah. the buddy-buddy system was, at times. That's what I was about to say, the old buddy mm-hmm. system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So There are some teams you see on there and you're like, what? How? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure, I yeah. guess so. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. But there is there is one thing I want to talk to you about before I get you off of here, the, the new five fouls per quarter. Do you like that or not? I do. I think, and I'm just with it being so new, I haven't really had a chance to research technically how it's going to change the game, but I do like the thought process behind it that we can adjust after the first quarter if it's getting called very touchy, and mm-hmm. it gives you the opportunity before 
you give up, let's say, seven. I mean, there's times this past season where you've probably seen games as well where teams are in the bonus the whole second quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I like the the idea of resetting it. I think it, I mean, honestly, it mimics the NBA rule a little bit mm-hmm. um, more. Uh, but I think I think it's a good rule because you can re, readjust in between quarters and the free, getting two free throws, if you can get to the bonus in a quarter, is a huge advantage if you get two free throws every single time. Yeah. LB, I mean, just from the outside looking in at it, it's almost like, well, it's not that big of a change. I don't think it'll be – once teams get the plan, I hardly ever look at the fouls anyway, you know, I mean, yeah. unless it's – we're getting close to one and one or something like that, and then I'll kind of start looking at it. But most of the time, I don't even pay attention. So I think it's one of those things of – it would have always been five fouls, and then they're bringing in the change, bringing in a change and making it uh, bonus and double bonus. Then uh, it, I don't know. I don't see it having that huge of an of an effect on people. Yeah, I don't either. I, um, first instinct, I don't know if there's going to be as many because five fouls in a quarter, and I know it happens, but mm-hmm. that's you, a lot. You, yeah. That's a lot, and mm-hmm. if and there's there'll be teams out there that I mean they'll. They'll get to it, but uh, <laughs> I, th- I think surely you adjust in between, and you don't want the other team to get to the bonus, so that'll kind of help with the flow of the game as well. Yeah, that's the only thing I would worry about. Like if those teams that are just, I mean, just be honest, they're not very good, that are fouling left and right, it gets to the fourth quarter, and it's, you know, you're two and a half hours into the game, and they're still fouling. Yeah. That would yeah. be the only disadvantage I see. But Yeah, I mean, yeah, or, I mean, it a disadvantage – or advantage or disadvantage. I mean, if you have a really deep team, I feel like you can get away with a little bit more just yeah. making the, getting three calls early and now let's dial it back. So mm-hmm. True. Now, before I let you go, i got one final question for you. Okay. Aside from the big house, what is the most impressive gym you've coached in? Aside from the big house, what is the most impressive gym? Um... This is this is gonna sound like I'm being a homer, but I think our gym is really really nice. So I've seen the pictures. All, I was hoping you'd say it because it is a pretty yeah, nice gym. Yeah, we uh, for for being not only just regardless of class, it's an uh, unreal facility. With our locker rooms are really nice. Every kid that kind of reminds me of like a college style locker room where every kid has his own locker with locks, and then it has the our logo has a light that uh, our lights are our logo above us and the gym, the walkthrough, we have like the hall of champions that you walk, you see every time you walk through. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of patting ourselves on the back here, but I would <laughs> definitely, definitely say my favorite gym to coach in right now would be our, our home gym here at Garber. All righty. Well, coach, man, I, I appreciate you taking time and visiting with me a little bit and I'll definitely be keeping up with, it's the Wolverines, right? Yes, and yeah. I'll yeah. definitely be keeping up with the Garber Wolverines this, this season and I'll be rooting for you unless we're playing you. <laughs> okay, that, uh, we can we can deal with that. <laughs> Thanks to Coach Reed for being on the podcast today, and thank you for listening. New episodes come out every Sunday at 10 a.m. on your favorite podcasting site. I've been promoting this thing for over a month now, but it's finally here. This Wednesday at noon is the debut of Not So Instant Replay. Re-releases of past episodes of Kenny and the Coaches starting with Season 1, Episode 1, and Coach Kenny Magoo. That's this Wednesday, July 5th. 
You can also find links to the podcast on the Kenny and the Coaches Facebook page. And if you're on Twitter, just search at Kenny Coaches. And remember, that's K-E-N-N-E-Y and the Coaches. Until next time.